extremely hot day, and after the buffet luncheon, the countess had soon found a chair in a quiet corner and sat under her lace parasol to rest. She knew he expected to be included in that way of life very soon, and when they became man and wife, that is just what would have happened. But to marry her when he loved someone else, how could he have condemned them both to such a barren life together? Tamina felt the first tears gather in her eyes and run unheeded down her cheeks. It was now becoming clear why he had insisted on their engagement being kept a secret. Was there even a sick old grandmother living in Scotland, or was that a lie too? Probably, she told herself sadly. He had been scared that this other girl would hear of their relationship and cause a scene in public which would be ruinous to his political career. Instinctively, Tamina was quite sure that the girl on the telephone was the same girl she had seen talking to him at the ball. Everything now made a terrible, mind-wrenching sense. Oh, Edmund, how could you do such a dreadful, dreadful thing? She whispered out loud in anguish. She now recognized that even if their wedding had taken place, he would still in his heart desire the girl he loved. Who had worked so hard to provide money, even though he could not afford to marry her? It was the first time in her life that Tamina had ever thought of her money or position in society as causing difficulties or being an attraction that an unscrupulous man would find irresistible. If she had ever considered the family wealth, she had seen her father's money merely as something that enabled them to go abroad whenever they wanted, to travel on the best ships. And stay in the best hotels. Her father was wealthy, and undoubtedly his important position at the Foreign Office meant that everyone wanted to know him and receive the invitations he and her mother sent out practically every week of the year. They invited guests to dinners, balls, weekends in the country at the Braithwaite Estate in Devon, boating parties on the river, outings to the races, and anything else fashionable in the appropriate season. Tamina had received a great deal of attention since she came out in London society. She had believed, in her innocence, that men liked her for herself. Now the scales were falling from her eyes. It is not me the men are after, she told herself. It is my father's fortune. If I was as plain as a pikestaff, and as badly dressed as some women are, even badly educated, they would still be knocking on the door and inviting me to dance with them. Eventually, like Edmund, they would ask me to marry them. She wanted to scream because it was all so humiliating. Worst of all was the fact that she had stupidly believed all the compliments she had received. She had thought the men who said she was adorable were thinking of her and not her money. What was more, she now questioned the reason why she was invited to so many parties. Was it because they wanted her company? Wanted to hear her views and opinions, and get to know her as a person, or was it, as now seemed likely, because they wanted access to her father? How can I bear it? How can I live with this knowledge? Tamina howled to herself, but for the moment there was no answer, only the darkness that seemed to her the darkness of humility and misery. Edmund, the man she loved so much. Had betrayed her in every possible way. What shall I do, and what shall I say to him?
she asked out loud to the uncaring marble busts that stared sightlessly down at her. How can I live now I know the truth? But there was no answer, and she felt as if she had suddenly entered a new world of shadows, where, at the moment, there was no light. In the west of London, the Earl of Daventry tore off his evening jacket and threw it carelessly onto a chair. The remains of his Arabian headdress had been discarded long ago. He kicked the smouldering logs in the grate, but only a few sparks leapt up the chimney. He rested one hand on the marble mantelpiece and gazed down into the ashes in despair. Ashes! That just about summed up his life. Eunice was already engaged to be married. She had lied to him. Well, perhaps not in so many words, but surely, are you free to be my close friend, was not a question any gentleman would have needed to ask.